great words of wisdom there to get us into the message we're going to speak about this morning. Um, thanks, Whitney and Ashley, for that very uh, colorful announcement. We're excited now about Family Fun Fest and uh, the events leading up to it. Uh, they mentioned the bike ride I'm doing. It's actually this coming Friday and Saturday. So keep me in your prayers, if you would. This Friday and Saturday, me and a friend are going to, over two days, ride the 185 miles it'll take to get from Washington to St. Louis. And uh, you need to come back to church next Sunday just to see if I'm actually standing and speaking. That's going to be the big question. Will my legs allow me to stand next Sunday? Although I've got a feeling that sitting on that bike seat for uh, all that time, I'm not going to be sitting anywhere for a while. So, uh, but uh, yeah, if you keep me prayers, I'd appreciate that. Learn more about that at cycleforcompassion.com. Um, so... A couple of weeks ago, we started this brand new series called Life Hacks, and the idea behind the series is just digging into the life of a man named Solomon, who lived a long time ago, over a thousand years before the birth of Jesus, and uh, he was faced with this opportunity. He was to become the king of Israel, and uh, God said, ask me for whatever you would want. And instead of asking for riches, fame, power, death to his enemies, a Ferrari, uh, whatever the chariot equivalent of his day was, instead of asking for any of those, Solomon asks God for wisdom. And God gives him wisdom. And he doesn't just give him wisdom, he then gives him everything else as well. So we learned that Solomon made a very wise decision there in asking for wisdom, because not only did God give Solomon wisdom, he gave him so much more. So Solomon then went on to write this collection of Proverbs, and this is what we're going to be looking at over the remainder of the summer, just some of those Proverbs, some of the wisdom that Solomon gave us that even though it was written thousands of years ago, is still very applicable to us today. But you may be sitting here this morning thinking, but Dave, come on, do we really need to have a talk on wisdom? Surely everyone's wise enough. And, and I may have agreed with you, had I not read this news article just this week, uh, it turns out, according to Forbes magazine, that 21-year-old Kylie Jenner, I'm sure you all are familiar with who she is, one of the Kardashian sisters, she is set to become the youngest ever billionaire. She's actually currently worth $900 million at 21 years old. Must be rough. Um, so in light of this announcement, someone actually started a GoFundMe campaign. Someone this week started a GoFundMe campaign, and here is the explanation of this particular person's FundMe campaign. He says, Kylie Jenner was on the cover of Forbes magazine today having a net worth of $900 million, which is heartbreaking. I don't want to live in a world where Kylie Jenner doesn't have a billion dollars. We must raise a hundred million dollars to help her get to a billion. Please spread the word. This is extremely important. Now, I get it. This guy's having a joke. It's a bit satire, okay? So I understand that. Here's what troubles me. This, this GoFundMe account has been open for three days. It's already raised $1,225. $1,225, that means people somewhere in the world are making donations to Kylie Jenner already at $900 million. I'm pretty sure none of them have that much money, but they're giving the money they do have to help this woman hit a billion. I do think we need some more wisdom in the world. When I read articles like that, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe this is a relevant subject to be speaking on. 
Last week, we actually talked about what wisdom is. And if you're uh, new here this morning, we have a, a website, connectwashington.org. There's an app you can download to your phone. So if you ever wants to catch up on uh, what we've talked about in previous weeks, you can listen or watch previous sermons uh, on those particular mediums. But um, just to catch you up, we talked about what wisdom is. We talked about what it isn't. We talked about the fact that it's more than just knowledge. You know, many of us probably know someone who's incredibly knowledgeable or very well educated, but still sometimes doesn't make the best decisions. You can be very knowledgeable or educated and still um, lack wisdom. So we talked about how knowledge and wisdom really kind of go hand in hand. You know, knowledge is great, but wisdom helps you apply that knowledge. Wisdom helps you know when to say something and when not to say something. Knowledge helps you understand what to say. So wisdom is different than knowledge. We also discovered that one of the best ways for you and I to, to discover wisdom, to grow in wisdom, is to have a relationship with um, the wisest person ever to have lived. We talk about Solomon, but actually, a thousand years later, Jesus, the Son of God, walked this earth, and he said, you know, I, um, Solomon was wise, but I have more wisdom than even Solomon himself. And we can have a relationship with Jesus. We can experience him as a part of our lives. We can experience that wisdom in our lives. But for the remainder of this series, we're going to kind of spend some time looking at the wisdom of Solomon. We're going to dive into the book of Proverbs, and we're going to look at some of the wisdom that Solomon had in Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is an incredible collection of, of writings. You can actually read them. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And uh, it's not the kind of book of the Bible that you really want to just kind of read cover to cover in one go, because there's just so much to it. It's a good to kind of read a chunk at a time, maybe one chapter a day or something like that, because there's just so many great Proverbs in it. And, and if you have read any of the Proverbs, then maybe you're wondering which Proverbs we're going to talk about, because there are so many that we could address in this series. In fact, I think there are some men in the room this morning who are really hoping that I'll spend some time looking at Proverbs 27, 15 through 16, which of course says, a quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or trying to hold something with greased hands. That's one you need to print out and put in the refrigerator. That'll go down well. Um, but maybe there are some ladies here this morning, and uh, you're actually hoping uh, that I'll speak on this one, because you're not mourning people, but your husband is. You're married to a mourning person. You're hoping I'll tackle Proverbs 27, verse 14. A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. Some of you are like, yes, and a curse will be reciprocated. If you do shout at me loudly and cheerfully before I've had a cup of coffee, um, Maybe you'd like me to speak on this proverb in Proverbs 26, verse 11. Some of you, this is one of your favorites. Let's pull this up. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. Amen? Some of you are like, yes, that's, that's true. I'm just glad there isn't a follow-on verse that says, bald, on the other hand, means you've obviously been up to no good. So... Uh, while there are some obscure proverbs that we probably won't get to in this particular series... There are also some incredibly profound, wise, and helpful ones. And I want to start out this series this morning looking at um, probably one of my favorites. A couple of verses in Proverbs that are probably one of my favorites that Solomon gives us. Because it is so relevant to every one of us here this morning. I personally have found it so helpful throughout so many stages of my life. 
Some of you, I think, are going to recognize these verses when I read them. Maybe you've heard them. Maybe some of you have got them uh, cut out or in a picture on a, somewhere in your house or you're familiar with this. But I think it's going to help you this morning because it's such a, an important part of every one of our lives. It can be found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. It says, Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. I wonder how many of us here this morning would just really love to know which path to take. I love technology. Those of you who know me know I love technology. I love how it's all the time changing and it just I'm never ceases to amaze me just how clever machines are and the stuff they can do nowadays. And um, most of the time, all these developments are meant to simplify our lives. Sometimes I question whether they really are helping or they're doing more harm. But uh, Google Maps is a, a product that I have on my phone. I use it an awful lot. And uh, it's a great program. It's always staying relevant with the maps. It keeps you updated on the traffic, all this kind of thing. And, and it's constantly changing and developing. So much so that as I did some uh, reading about it just this week, I found out some people aren't quite as excited about some of the changes that Google Maps are making. You see, we don't see this so much here in Washington, Illinois, but some people who live in some bigger cities like Chicago and New York, if they want to leave the city and drive out into the suburbs on a holiday weekend, they can punch in the address that they're heading to and uh, Google Maps will tell them that it's going to take you three hours to get there. They set it on the dashboard, they hit play, and off they go. Well, Google Maps now has a feature uh, that it didn't have before, and that is while you're on your journey, you'll actually hear an alert from the Google lady saying, we have found a different route that could save you five minutes rerouting unless you say otherwise. This is a great feature. I mean, it's shaving seconds off your journey. I mean, this is getting you on the right path, constantly adapting and changing. But listen to what one online commentator said about this feature. He said, if the computer knows I'm facing a three-hour drive, it should not ask me if I want to save five minutes. This isn't high-speed trading on Wall Street. I'm just trying to drive somewhere. And it's an opt-out system, meaning that Google Maps will change the route unless you explicitly tap the button asking to stay on the original route. I love having to play a very precise game of whack-a-mole with my phone at 70 miles an hour. I don't need Google to take me off the highway and drive through a suburb to save five minutes, especially when Google is telling every other driver to also do that. And when I'll probably get lost for 20 minutes anyway because instead of going straight down the highway for the next three hours, I'm bearing left at Mulberry onto Sycamore Grove or something like that. And maybe you've had that. I, I actually went to a soccer tournament yesterday. Uh, my son was playing, and Google Maps took me to within half a mile of the destination, and the road was completely closed. It was closed for construction. So I had to pull up the map and drive around in a circle and come in from the other direction. Well, I, I was talking to some other parents, and some of them had run into the same situation. One mom said, I couldn't believe it. She said, I got there, realized that the road was closed, so I started to drive the other way, and then I could hear Google saying, rerouting, rerouting. So I followed it. I went all the way around. It brought me right back to the exact same spot. I had to like turn it off and just figure it out driving around. So why, why would the, the guys who designed this software, why would they put that feature in there? Because they know that every one of us, deep down, 
We want to know, I don't just want to know how to get somewhere. I want to know the best way to get somewhere. I want to get there the fastest way, the best route. I want to know when I got there, this was the right path to take. Because the truth is, I don't think that just applies to the map reading in our life, does it? I think deep down in every one of us, there's this constant maybe fear or concern. Am I on the right path? Am I headed in the right direction? We may not ask it every day, but I think there are times in our life where we question that. We're like, is this the way that I should be going? Am I in the right job? Am I living in the right town? If you're single here this morning, am I marrying the right person? Am I choosing the right college? So many decisions we face. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus here this morning. I think for all of us, there's a desire in every one of us to know the right path and, and to seek his help and guidance. Say, Jesus, I don't just want to follow you. I want to know the right way to follow you. I want to live my life for you. How, how do I do that? What does that path look like? And Solomon here in two very short verses, with the wisdom he has, he says, you know, there is actually a way to determine how to find the right path. I'm going to answer that question for you. Some of you have this, this inbuilt desire to know what is the path? How do I know if I'm on the right path? Where Solomon says, I'll tell you the answer. In fact, I'm going to give it to you like a recipe. If you were going to make pancakes this morning, you would get your, your butter, oh, <laughs> I write it down, your, uh, your flour, your milk, your eggs. You can tell I make a lot of pancakes. <laughs> Because there's a recipe you follow. You know the ingredients you need to make pancakes. Well, Solomon's saying, well, you want to be on the right path? Let me tell you the recipe. Let me give you the ingredients. He starts out with the results. Verse 6, he will show you which path to take. I want to know which path to take. I want to know that answer. Then check this out. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Solomon just kind of lays it out there like a recipe. Just follow steps one, two, and three, and this is the outcome. Three simple steps. But what do they mean? What exactly do those three simple steps mean? Well, let's look at them all, shall we, in a little bit more detail. That first one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's actually quite a big thing to ask. If you've been following Jesus for a while, maybe you kind of take that for granted. But that is actually a big step. Now, don't get me wrong. Trust is a very big part of every one of our lives. We use trust far more than we realize. This morning, when you got in your car, you put the key in and you trusted it would start. When you arrived here this morning, you dropped your kids off and you trusted that they would be well looked after. Even when you sat down this morning, you just trusted that this seat would, wouldn't collapse underneath you. Everything we do, there's, there's an element of trust so we use trust all along. And Solomon here, he's saying, now I want you to trust God with all of your heart. I want, to put, I want you to put all of your trust into God. Now here's the challenge for us when it comes to trust. With every element of trust, there are these two parts, aren't there? There's what you're putting your trust in. So the, the, the thing itself that you're putting your trust in and how easy you find it to trust what your experience has been in the past when it comes to trusting. So let's use the car as an example. If you showed up this morning and you arrived in a 2017 vehicle with less than 10,000 miles, you probably didn't need a lot of trust when turning that key. You probably didn't even turn a key. You probably just pressed a button and the key was in your pocket. 
That car is new enough and reliable enough that when you started that car, you just kind of knew it was going to start. There wasn't a great deal of trust needed. Now, if you showed up this morning in a 1994 vehicle with 100 or 200,000 miles on it, rust is holding it together, you may have needed a little bit more trust this morning. Maybe you even prayed a prayer when you turned that key. Maybe you pray a prayer every time you turn that key. Jesus, please let it start one more time. The item you're putting your trust in can, depend, can affect how you trust. Now, the second thing is your experience with trust. I can remember as a kid, I loved dogs. And I can remember one day, I wasn't very old, maybe 11, 12 years old, and there was this, this dog, it was an outstation. I just walked right up to pet it, and right as I got close, he just nipped my fingers. Man, it took me a long time to ever pet a dog again. Not because dogs are bad or because every dog bites, but that, that hurt enough that I was, I was a little bit more hesitant. Other people may have gone up and just petted dogs just fine. Me, I was kind of a little bit more because my trust had been affected by an experience that I'd had. So I get it this morning. Just to read what Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, check, move on. It's not that simple, is it? Because our trust can be affected on, on how trustworthy we think God is and our experience in this case, in relationships in our life. Maybe there's someone here this morning that would say, Dave, I'd, I'd love to trust God with all my heart, but you're saying I should have a relationship with God. Well, I've had some relationships. I've had some relationships with some people, and they've let me down. Not just let me down, they've hurt me. I've actually still got some of the scars of some people that I put my trust into, and they really hurt and let me down. So it's difficult for me just to say, yeah, I'll trust God, because any relationship brings back some of that pain and some of those memories. So I understand this morning that it's not just a simple, easy exercise. But let me tell you this. In Deuteronomy, God is speaking to Joshua. Joshua's just taken over from Moses. He's about to lead the Israelites into the promised land. He's kind of nervous. He doesn't know he's up to the task. And listen to what God says to him. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not panic before them, for, for I, the Lord your God, I will personally go ahead of you. God's saying he will neither fail you nor abandon you. This is the promise from God to Joshua, that he will neither fail nor abandon Joshua. Now, I know that that was written to Joshua himself, but I believe that is a promise that you and I can hold on to for our lives. That God is a God who will neither fail us nor abandon us. I've been following Jesus for 30 years now, and I can say that this is true in my life. Now, I'd love to tell you that what that means is I've never had any problems, but that wouldn't be true. I've had some difficult times. But I'll tell you this, during those difficult times, I felt God with me. I never felt he abandoned me. In fact, sometimes he felt closer to me during some of those times than he did others. I believe God is a trustworthy God. I believe God is somebody who you can trust despite your experiences in the past, despite maybe the things that may have let you down in the past, that God is a trustworthy God. So number one, if you want to understand what it means to, to, to know the path, to know the path I should be on, the first thing many of us need to do is just to be able to trust God with all of our heart. But Solomon doesn't stop there. He builds on this thought in verse five and, and he continues on. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your understanding. Verse 5 is actually a complementary pair of commands. 
He's given us two pieces of advice here, two pieces of wisdom that actually go hand in hand with each other. They're designed to work together. Because he's saying here, you need to positively trust God, and then you need to negatively stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to rely on your own strength. Stop trying to work it all out yourself. So you've got to trust God more, trust yourself less. It's kind of like saying you, you want to lose weight, you want to get healthy, then you need to ride your bike and stop eating donuts. <laughs> you can do one, but if you do both, it'll really help. If you ride your bike, at, now I've not figured that out yet. I've done a lot of bike riding, but I'm still eating the donuts. <laughs> and I've learned you have to ride a long way <laughs> to outdo the donuts. Now if I was to do both, then maybe I'd see some weight loss or some, some healthier um, feelings, you know. But uh, that's what Solomon's saying here. He's saying, hey, one's good, but two's even better. If you trust in the Lord your God and don't lean on your own understanding, these two kind of go hand in hand. So what does it mean to lean on our own understanding, to depend on our own understanding? Well, the truth is we've never lived in a better time than this when it comes to understanding, when it comes to knowledge. Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd be out with your dad somewhere and you'd be like, Dad, why does this happen? Or why is this? Or why is the sky blue? Or whatever the question was and your dad would either make something up and you're like, that doesn't sound like it's right, but he sounded like he was your dad, so it must be right. Or he'd say, I don't know. I need to figure that out. He'd go home, he'd go to the library, he'd call a friend, he'd do whatever he needs to do to try and find the answer to that question. Now, when your kids ask you, Dad, why is this happening? I don't know. Let's Google it. And within seconds, we've got the phone out, we're Googling it, we have access to every possible answer. Hey, Siri, what's the name of this song? Alexa, should I be worried about this rash? There's all sorts of questions we can ask devices now that we've never been able to in the past and instantly have access to knowledge like never before. And while that's a wonderful thing, it actually creates a very um, big challenge for us in our spiritual lives. Because you see, Solomon's writing here um, 3,000 years ago to an audience of people who didn't have the kind of knowledge that we have. These were people in the Middle Eastern culture who would literally sit beneath the stars in wonder of the God who created them. You can read the Psalms and you read the Psalm writers talking about these wonderful verses, just how great God is and how, just because there was a sense of wonder because they hadn't figured everything out. So there was still a very healthy sense of wonder of creation and the world in which they lived. But now we live in a place where we can figure everything out. So it's okay to trust in the Lord with all your heart, but I also want to figure everything out. I want to work out the answer to everything. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to following God, that's a problem. Because God's ways aren't always our ways. God may have a purpose for something in your life that you don't understand at the time. Now, many of us could tell stories probably about situations we've been through, and in hindsight, we look back and we thought, man, this looked like a problem. But now looking back, I can see how God was actually in that, and he helped me grow in patience. He helped me. I never would have met this person if I hadn't been in that difficult job. And, you know, we can can see these things, but in the middle of it, sometimes we can find ourselves questioning God. We have this desperate desire to understand, but in so many ways, we must acknowledge that we cannot understand. Listen to what Isaiah, he was a prophet in the Old Testament. He said this of God. He said, in fact, it's God speaking through Isaiah. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
I think the biggest challenge that many of us as followers of Jesus face is giving up that right to understand what God is up to in our lives. Saying, God, I just, I don't understand why, but I trust you. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not going to try and figure it out. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. You know, I've told this story before, but I ran into this dilemma recently when we were beginning a campaign here at Connect where, um, so next year, hopefully by the spring of next year, we'll move into um, what will become our full-time permanent location here in the community, and we're super excited about that. And um, God's opened this door for us to step into it. And while we're excited, it's still a big challenge. We're going to need to raise $1.4 million to come up with the money we need to buy the building and renovate it and get it ready for church. So we came to the church a couple of months ago and we shared this vision. It was a very exciting time for us. And we kind of shared, you know, um, this is an opportunity for those that call Connect their church home to get on board and to invest and say, I want to be a part of this. And our goal was to see if we could get 115 families from Connect to commit over the next three years to give a certain amount, and then that money, when all totals up, would come to $700,000. That was our goal, to raise $700,000. Now, I'll be honest with you, that was a challenge for me. That stretched my faith. I found myself, and I've told this story, I found myself at times sitting down, trying to figure it out. I'm like, God, I trust you with all my heart, but I still need to figure this out. I believe you can do miracles, but I need you to tell me how that miracle is going to work. Break it down for me, all right? Show me how the miracle is going to work. I'm there with a calculator. I'm figuring out how many people are going to connect, if this many give, if they give this much. And I, I literally, one morning as I'm praying, I'm kind of doing the math, and I felt like God said to me so clearly, if you could figure it out, you wouldn't need me. If you could figure this out, if you could do the math, if you could make this work, there would be no need for me to come in in my miraculous power and amaze you all. And I'm like, fair point. (laughs) Shut down the calculator and prayed. And God did come through. By the end of our um, commitment period, we'd ask people to step forward and give. And we had, uh, instead of 115, 140 families had got on board and said, we want to be a part of this. And by the time all those cards came in, over a million dollars committed to our campaign, which just blew my mind. And I just had to sit back and say, God, I'm just learning so much here about what it looks like to trust you and not try and figure it out. Because I couldn't have figured out the 700, and you blew that out of the water. But we do that, don't we? Because we want to we, we find the answer to it. Hey, Siri. <laughs> We want to get the answer to what we're going through. And maybe it's not something like that. Maybe it's a situation you're facing with a job or the future or something like that. And you're like, God, I want to trust you with all my heart, but I also need to figure this out. And God's saying, you need to trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, that doesn't mean you switch a switch off in your brain and stop thinking. God's given us all brains to make wise and educated decisions. He's put people in our lives who can give us knowledge and guidance. And there's nothing wrong with understanding. But sometimes we have to stretch that trust in our lives. Say, God, I'm going to trust you completely. And I'm even going to trust you that what's going on right now in my life that I can't really put my, I can't figure out what you're doing here or why this is happening. I'm going to trust that you're in it. Maybe one day, God, it will become clear. But even if it doesn't, I give up my right to understand everything. Finally, Solomon says, you want to know what it looks like to to see God direct your path? It's not only trusting him, it's not only giving up that right to figure it all out, it's seeking his will in all you do. 
Another version says it this way. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him. Maybe you've heard that verse. In all your ways acknowledge him. What does it mean? Well, the Hebrew word here for acknowledge, it literally means to know. So Solomon is saying, basically, at every turn, every new choice you make, every new conversation you're in, you are sending up a message saying, God, I acknowledge you here. I know you here. I'm drawing you in here. You are decisive. You are present here. I need you here in my life. Basically, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Seek his will in all you do is basically saying, God, it's me being aware of your presence in every area of my life. Because we can get busy, can't we? We can get caught up in our own things and we can get caught up in the busyness of life. And again, there's nothing wrong with living life. But it's choosing to find God in those moments. Choosing to look for him in those discussions we have, those conversations. God, what, what's the purpose behind this? Looking for him in every moment. Now, and that doesn't mean that we wake up in the morning and we open the sock drawer and we pull out a black pair and we pull out a blue pair. We're like, okay, God, black or blue? What's it going to be? Okay, black it is, good. Pants now, you know. We don't have to go to God for every decision we make. God's given us a brain. He's given us some decisions we can make for ourselves. But, but just yesterday, I was on Facebook, and I saw a bunch of people last night posting pictures of rainbows. And um, there was a big storm yesterday, and a big rainbow following us. Just those moments of saying, God, that's awesome. Great job on the rainbow. Looks fantastic. Just seeing God in our lives, just being aware of his presence, just being aware that he's with us far more than we realize every step of the way. Some of those good times celebrating God, saying, thank you, God, that that situation worked out well. Thank you, God, that you were there during that conversation. I was really anxious that that was going to go badly. But God, I just really felt your presence there. And I just really felt the wisdom of having the right words to say. And it just went so much better than I'd played it through my mind several times beforehand. Thank you, God, for helping me find the right path. Because as we start to do that more, as we start to invite him into every area of our life, it actually starts to change the way we live our lives. Because think about it. When we start to choose to go God's way, it often takes us the exact opposite way that we would normally go ourselves. Because sometimes we want to get even, don't we? But God says, forgive Sometimes we want to get more, but God says to give more. Sometimes we want to be served, but God says you need to serve others. Sometimes we want to be the most important, but God says we must humble ourselves and become the least. And when we start bringing God into this everyday life, these everyday decisions, it actually starts to cause us to think about how we're living our lives because we're seeking his will We're acknowledging him, we're knowing him in everything that we do. This isn't just something on a Sunday I did for an hour. This is a part of my everyday life. So you want to know how to find that right path? You want to know what it looks like to walk on the right path, to have that peace of knowing that you're where you're meant to be? We trust God. We don't try to figure it all out. And we look for him in everything. Now this isn't just a a magic one that you wave and suddenly everything changes. This is an ongoing lifestyle. And it's hard. But if we'll make these commitments, we'll start to see the changes come. We'll start to see the opportunities to grow in our relationship with him. 
our teenagers. We had about 25 uh, young people from Connect Youth last week go down to camp in Carlinville. And I got to drive them down there, and I got to pick some of them up afterwards. And it was just brilliant hearing the conversations of what God had done in their lives while they were down there. Hearing the stories of the fun they had, of the games they played, but more importantly, the evening meetings when they were worshiping God and when they were uh, hearing God speak to them and just really kind of pressing into this, trusting God, not trying to figure it out, finding him in everything. It starts to change you. I wish I could tell all the stories that I've heard from what took place in camp last week, but here's one from a young man by the name of Palmer. Palmer attends Connect Church, and uh, his mum posted this link. It was actually to the Instagram feed of the, uh, the guy who was leading worship at the camp. And the guy who's leading worship, he put this picture up of him and Palmer, and he wrote this. He said, this is Palmer. Palmer here found me, not after service, but the next day. What was still stirring in his heart that he had to find me the next day? Palmer has never lifted his hands in worship jumped, clapped, or sang out loud in a service. He found me to tell me he did all of that for the first time last night. And to quote, it feels really good, and I think that I'll do some more of it. Palmer discovered the freedom that is found in worshiping Jesus. He also said, I love doing it now, worship. And I think that I'll take it back home and do it there. This is just one of several stories of what God was doing in the lives of these teenagers. And unbeknownst to them, They were living out last week at camp these very simple principles. They were learning what it looked like to trust in the Lord with all their heart. They were learning that it's okay to not have it all figured out. You don't have to lean into your own understanding all the time. And they were learning what it looks like to seek God in all they do. And as a result, their lives were being changed. God wants to change your lives too and help you find that right path if you'll follow the wisdom that Solomon gives. Let's pray. Father, this is such a short couple of verses. It doesn't seem right that so much wisdom can be packed into just two or three sentences like this, but like all good recipes, Lord, I believe that there is some truth to this formula, that if we'll follow steps one, two, and three, you can help us discover the right path for our life. Lord, I know that that's not going to get rid of all the problems in our life. It's not going to solve all the issues we're facing. We may still have some challenges ahead, but we'll have that peace and assurance knowing that we're on the right path, that you're right with us because we're we're leaning into you. We're striving to trust you with all of our heart. Even though we've had bad experiences in the path of trust, we're choosing to trust you with all our heart. We're choosing to give up that right to figure it all out. And we're intently looking for you in every situation in our lives. Help us to do this, even this week, Lord, and to see the way it affects the the path that we're on. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.